Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If you've seen HDTV, you definitely want HDTV. But will a large new flat-screen television fit into the footprint your old tube occupies? And how will that high def change the way you light the room? Read our easy tips to design a media room when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's time to talk home improvement. What are you working on? Look around your house. We know there's something you want to get done today. We can help. The number 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. And now is the perfect time to think about ways that you can save money in your house. First up this hour, we're going to tell you how to do that when it comes to heating your water, especially if you have an electric water heater. It's the most expensive way to heat water for your home. But there's actually an easy way to cut down on those costs. We're going to tell you how to make that electric water heater much smarter in just a bit. And also this hour, you know, when you're doing a home improvement project in your house, big or small, you take into account all of those dangers to your family. But do you think about your pets? Hey, pet owners out there, make sure that you keep Fluffy or Fido safe during any DIY project because paints, solvents, glue, even nails or screws can pose a huge potential problem for your pets. We've got a list of the most dangerous tools and the supplies, plus a solution to make sure that your animals are protected during during your next DIY adventure. Plus, we're going to be talking green building trends today with a builder who specializes in them. Find out how to make sure the materials that you are getting for your green home are truly green, truly safe, truly environmentally friendly. Plus, some tips on greening up your current home to save money and resources. Yeah, and like we like to give out tips here at the Money Pit, we also like to give away prizes. And this hour, we've got a great one, perfect for this time of year, upcoming for the fall. It's the Home Light Mighty Light Blower Vac. It is worth $99, and it is lightweight and powerful. It's going to make all of those fall chores fun and easy. If you'd like to win it, call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's first? Ed in Michigan, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you? Well, I installed a two-person jacuzzi-type tub in one of the bathrooms in the house. That sounds pretty nice. Uh, it's fantastic. I currently have a 40-gallon 
gas water heater that just doesn't supply the demand for hot water when I fill up this tub. Would it be better for me to get an inline water heater or with some creative piping and valving, I should be able to put a second 40-gallon water heater in series with my current water heater. When you say an inline water heater, are you talking about a tankless water heater? That's correct. Okay. Well, you definitely need more capacity. That's the first thing. Um, if you were to put a second water heater in, and a tankless water heater in particular, um, you would also have the ability to zone your hot water. Are, are you, do you ever find yourself, Ed, waiting you know, quite a while for the water to get hot, say, in the master bath? Not really, no. Okay, so then you don't have really have a distribution issue, so the only question here is, is what kind of a larger water heater do you want to put in? I would recommend against putting in two water heaters because two water heaters are not going to be nearly as efficient as one. Um, what I would suggest you do is replace the 40-gallon with either a tankless, which will be certainly the most efficient way to go, or with a 50 or more gallon gas water heater with a quick recovery. Uh, whatever you do, I would use the highest efficiency available. Well, that, that's my point, though. I don't use this uh, jacuzzi-type tub very often, maybe once a week. But if you put a second water heater in, it's going to stay hot all the time. Not if I turn it down. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's still going to waste a lot of energy. I would rather, listen, if you're concerned about energy efficiency, I would suggest you get an on-demand tankless water heater because it's only going to heat the amount of water you need when you need it. That would be the most efficient way to go. What kind of flow rate would you recommend? Well, you're going to get a flow rate that's going to be based on the number of, of, of appliances in the house that you need, number of fixtures in the house. That will be specified by the manufacturer, but you can buy one that's appropriately sized for the number of bathrooms and the type of fixtures. The key here when you install the tankless, by the way, is to make sure it's piped correctly with the gas lines because even the tankless water heaters use less gas, but they use a larger volume of it just for a shorter period of time. So you have to make sure you have the right size gas lines in there, and then it'll work very well. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Yeah, two water heaters are never as efficient as one. And, you know, we all know you're not going to be involved in turning one up and down and up and down. You're just going to leave it up. Well, you're not going to go with that hassle. Yeah. What if you went with the larger water heater but put a timer on it? You can't have a timer on a gas water heater. You can you only cannot. have a timer on an electric water heater, but it's a good thought. All right. However, you could have it, you know, if you had a, a um, on-demand water heater, a tankless, mm -hmm. you know, you can program that to bring the water up to a higher temperature just when you hop in the, uh, in the tub. And so then it itself again. acts as a timer? Well, not as a timer, but you have more control. You have a better control over it than you would ever have with a, with a regular standard water heater. That's why I call the standard water heaters dumb water heaters. Because <laughs> they heat the water whether you need it or not. Who's next? Samuel in Delaware can find the money pit on WDEL, and you've got a question about heating up your basement. Tell us what's going on. Well, since there's no heat source down there, I was thinking of getting some a pellet stove that would take care of the heat in the basement, unless there's a better idea. How much time are you going to be spending in the basement, Sam? Well, I plan to pretty much uh, live down here since all our other rooms are taken out by the rest of the family. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, then perhaps that's a, that's a fine idea. Pellet stoves burn very, very clean and very efficiently, and as long as they're vented properly, I think that they're very safe. 
Typically in a basement, um, your options are to extend the existing heating system. If that's not possible, you need to add supplemental heat. And the easiest supplemental heat to add to a basement is electric resistance heat. Now, normally we would not recommend electric resistance heat because it's so expensive. But in a basement, you don't have to use that heat very much. You don't have to use it, you know, but maybe two or three months of the year at the most. And you probably don't even have to use it that much within that period of time because the basement does remain somewhat warm just by virtue of the fact that it's insulated by the earth around it. However, if you're going to be in there as a living space, you're going to be spending a lot of time in there. It's not a recreational space that's partially used. It's really a space you can use an awful lot. Then definitely a pellet stove is a fine idea. We hope that helps you out. Yeah, it does. Thanks. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. We've got more great home improvement advice coming up, but first, we want you to know that we here at the Money Pit are here to serve you. We will answer all your questions, whether about home repair, home improvement, home design. Maybe you just need an idea for that bathroom project. Well, that's what we're here for, so give us a call anytime at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Speaking of bathroom projects, you want to know how to save half the cost of running your electric water heater? We'll give you the answer next. Money Pit! I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. Table saw. 18 volt drill driver. 8 piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With Ryobi, you can actually afford them. Ryobi Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. Ryobi. Exclusively at the Home Depot. AOL's new real estate site has the answer to any question a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's kind of spooky, almost like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Hmm. Well, I do have a question about my 60s-style bungalow, because there's pink paint in the back and... Mud composition. Stabilize with 3-in-1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue to match your eyes. I think I love you. AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. AARP is proud to sponsor The Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash home design to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. 
making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here at Team Money Pit is 1-888-MONEYPIT. If we talk to you today, you are going to be automatically entered into our random prize drawing for a Home Light Mighty Light Blower Vac. It's worth 99 bucks. It's a three-in-one blower. It's a vacuum and a mulcher. It is perfect for all of your fall yard cleanup. So call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to to win. 888-666-3974. Okay, let's now talk about how to reduce some of those heating costs that you are going to be paying through the roof for this winter, especially if it involves an electric water heater. You know, that is the most expensive way to produce hot water. But there are a couple of things that you can do to save some money. First off, you need to put a timer on the water heater because a water heater does not have to run 24-7. Typically, you can set the timer to come on and let the water heater run for a couple of hours in the morning while everyone's getting up and taking those morning showers, go off during the day and come on again for another few hours in the evening. Now, the water will still stay, stay pretty hot during the day, but since the coils are not on, you won't be paying to heat it. You'll just be enjoying that warm water that's stored in the tank. The other thing you can do is put a water heater blanket on it. A fiberglass blanket costs you about 10 bucks, and if you do these two things, the timer and the blanket, you're going to save about half the cost of heating your hot water. If you want more great energy saving tips, they are on our website at moneypit.com. So what you're saying, Tom, is that I could take a twice as long shower for the same amount of money? Spoken like a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. 888-666-3974. Who's next? James in Rhode Island finds the Money Pit on WPRO, and you've got a roofing question. What can we do for you? My question is, I've got a five-year-old house, brand new, obviously, and recently I had some roof shingles blow off with uh, a mild windstorm that we had. It's happened twice, and I'm thinking, is that no- it's not normal for that to happen on such a young house. I figured that either improper installation or a defect in the materials, and I was wondering if there are any other possible causes that could create roof shingles from flying off. Well, it could be two things. It could be that they weren't attached properly or they weren't using the right adhesive to sort of help them attach or that they're not the right shingles for your location, maybe. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a nailing guide on the bag of every shingles or on the package of every shingles, and generally it's four nails per shingle. So the first thing I would check to make sure they're they're nailed correctly. The second thing is, James that there are different kinds of roofing shingles, and some are meant for high wind areas. So if you happen to have an area where you're picking up a lot of wind, you may, might have been better off using the different shingles. There are actually shingles out there that can stand up to 100-mile-an-hour windstorms. Well, I'm in an area where all the homes are new, and I was I'm a couple homes also lost some shingles, but not a whole lot of them. So well, the same shingles were supposedly used on all the homes in the whole neighborhood. Well, and they probably were, and they probably were made very similarly. There's another possibility, and, and that is that sometimes when a, when a roof is shingled in cooler weather, the shingles don't really have a chance to set because they don't get enough sun right off. And so yeah, the, glue, the sun sort of helps adhere them to each other. Yeah, because there's like a glue st- a strip between each layer of shingles, and it takes a lot of heat of the sun to actually make that stick. So sometimes I've seen roof shingles blow off a lot when, when the roof was put on in the cooler weather. Now, is there a strip you're supposed to peel off of that? that no. Uh, no. No. Oh, okay. Because I saw the glue strip on it, and there's like a film over it. That I thought maybe they should pull that away, then put it onto the roof and nail it. There'll be it. no reason to do that. Yeah. 
So, James, what I would suggest is that for right now, you simply keep replacing those shingles. And when you do, you want to put a little tab of glue, a little tab of roof cement under each each uh, edge of a shingle before you put it down. Okay. All right? Thank you. You're Enjoy your new house. Thanks Thank so you. much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Interesting the way um, people consider their homes when, when somebody considers this house new. Well, you is consider your house new if it's new to you. That's right. Is it new if it's, if it's like brand new? Is it new if it's five years old? I think it's new if it's new to you. That's Regardless a good point. of if it's 100 years old or brand spanking new. Right, but there's an expectation that if it's a newer house, you're not going to have problems. Yeah, that's but like you might have car. more problems with a newer house Absolutely. than you would with something that's already built. I think a five-year-old house is a great age for a house. Because it's most, of the kinks, most of the kinks have been worked out. It's already and, lost some of its teeth, so you know, you're okay. If you buy James's house, you'll already have a few new roof shingles, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy in Alabama finds the money pit on WRJM, and you've got a shower question. What's going on? Yes. Um, my husband and I remodeled a bathroom ourselves, and we installed a new shower and fixtures and everything. And when you turn the bathtub portion on... The shower part drips, um, even, you know, without turning it on for just the shower. If you get it beyond a certain pressure point, you know, like if you turn it on strong, mm-hmm. it drips, and it's very annoying. <laughs> when you're trying to bathe your children, you get a shower at the same time. Sounds like a valve problem. Yeah, it sounds like the diverter has gone bad on that shower. It's basically a valve that controls the flow between the faucet and the shower head, and that valve has, is leaking on you, and you need a new diverter. Because this was a brand new set, you know, we bought it ourselves. And well, then I would go it, out so. and I would go out and take it back to the store if it's not working. It sounds so to me diverter. like it's not. It's, it's the diverter's not working properly. It definitely should not be allowing water to pass up to the shower head. Okay, so check the diverter. And my husband wanted to ask, uh, wanted me to ask another very quick plumbing question. Okay, sure. Um, our two-year-old at some point stuffed something down the toilet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same bathroom. And um, he, we've tried, you know, every time we use the bathroom in any capacity, we have to plunge it. And it's very slow to drain. And he was wanting to know, does this sound like something that is like a do-it-yourself thing, or should we try to get somebody professional in? To, we're probably going to have to take the toilet completely off. Well, Mandy, you know, being a home improvement expert, I feel your pain because one time I had a toilet back up in my house before, I think it was before my daughter's christening. So the next morning before we go to church, I go outside because I knew, because I am a home improvement expert, that the cause was the clogged uh, waste pipe that was going out to the street. I had a big willow tree, and I was absolutely convinced that that was the problem with the toilet. So I dug a big hole in the yard before church that morning, and I, I found the pipe, and I broke the pipe open, and I snaked it one way, and I staked it the other way. And that didn't do it. So finally, out of total frustration, with hours to go before the service and the big party when everybody's coming over, I finally figured I had to access this thing from the toilet itself. So I pulled the toilet out, and I snaked it down from the top. And guess what? I couldn't find anything. But as I went to put the toilet back on, I noticed something blue in the bottom of the toilet. Oh, God. Uh, What was it? It was a toy phone. (laughs) (laughs) It is a toy phone that my son had stuffed into the toilet. Oh. And so that's how much I know. <laughs> well, he was um, going to just like, take is, the is it, toilet off. And yeah, take the, the toilet you know, off. At that point. Turn the valve off. Take the toilet off. Turn it on its side. Carefully drain the water out. And, you know, look from the bottom. Look for the top. If it's obstructed, you're going to find it. Oh, it's not gosh. that hard to do. And then put a new wax, put a new wax seal on. That's the 
whole reason we remodel and we've got two bathrooms now, but we're basically down to using just one when we have company. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, great. So check the diverter on the shower and then just look for objects, which we know are in there. That's right. Just remember, there's nothing supposed to be blue inside of a toilet, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mandy. Thanks for calling one eight 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 Money Pit. Jody in Texas is building a new home and looking for some advice. What can we do for you? I'm uh, planning on building a concrete home. I live in uh, Hurricane Territory in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I wanted to build a home uh, either out of concrete block or uh, just concrete walls, but had no idea if you could do it and where to start. Oh, I have a third option for you, Jody, which is even better. Have you heard of insulated concrete forms? I have, yes. That is really an awesome technology. What these are, are they look like foam blocks, like large foam blocks. Think of huge Lego blocks. That's mm-hmm. what they look like. Except, Leslie, they're, they're hollow, hollow on the inside. Yeah, they're hollow on the inside. So what you do is you stack them up to form the wall. And then inside of them, you snap in rebar, the reinforcing steel bar. And then once it's all in place, and it's exactly where you want it to be, and it's all braced in place, then the concrete truck comes in, and it pours a fairly loose mixture of concrete in between the insulated foam blocks. So what happens is that hardens, and then you get this like super insulated, super tough wall. So I really like insulated concrete forms. And I'll tell you, if I was building a house today, Jody, that is definitely the technology that I would take advantage of. How does the price differ from a wood house? Is it more expensive? No, it's about the same price as a wood house to do this. But the advantages are you get the storm resistance. You can't have uh, the walls are, are absolutely rock solid. Um, they're also quieter good homes. insulation value as well. They're super insulated. In fact, if you build an insulated concrete form home, you can you can downsize the heating and cooling system by a third, so you'll actually realize some some savings on the on the flip side there as well. You know, a good website for those Jody is ConcreteHomes.com. It's a it's a website that's uh, managed by the Portland Cement Association. It's got great ideas, lots of great photos. You can get more information on it. And there's a whole bunch of manufacturers out there that make uh, ICF blocks today. Okay, do they have any kind of plans like house? plans. Uh, well, I will say this. I, I don't think that that, in, that building a concrete form house is a do-it-yourself project. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a little... You but have you can to work incorporate with it into any style of home being built. It well, you just replaces can. the wood framing. Yeah, you certainly can incorporate it, but I would hire a crew that's used to doing this. I would not do it myself. If I was doing it, as much as I know, I'd hire people that work with these blocks every day to get the walls up in place. I might take it over from there. But, you know, it's just like anything. You work with it every day, you get pretty good at it. Right. And what about the roofing? Would you use, like, wood to do the top roof or steel? or? Correct. The roofing, the roofing would be standard, and as long as it was tied down to the walls properly, um, then it's going to be secure. And if you're in a hurricane area, you're probably not going to want to do a gable roof. You're going to want to do a hip roof because they have the best hurricane resistance. It doesn't have that flat end wall for a hurricane to sort of grab onto. What's it called? A hip roof where the all sides slope up like a triangle or like a uh, pyramid, okay. I should say. A hip roof. A hip roof. Yep. yep. H-I-P. Okay. Okay? Think, think pyramid. 
Okay, thank you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, would you like to go green? Yeah. You know, build a home that's green, build a home that's environmentally friendly. It's a great way to save money and resources, but you have to make sure that the products and materials you want for your home really are built in an environmentally responsible way and truly are green. We're going to tell you what to check for next. You live in a Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. This is the show with the tools, the tips, and the techniques to help you get the job done. Hey, you know, the other thing that we talk about is trends on this program. And Leslie, we are hearing an awful lot this year, I'd say more than ever, about green building trends. They seem to be incredibly hot right now. Yeah, thank goodness for that. That's why we've got a great guest for you this hour. We have Ron Jones, who's the editorial director with Green Builder Media. Welcome, Ron. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. And Ron, you've been uh, building green now for like 30 years. So it, Before it sounds it was even like cool. It's... Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time and it's been a fun time. Well, let's set the stage for this. You know, um, speaking of 30 years ago, it seems to me that ever since the energy crisis of the 70s, people have been pretty much obsessed with ways to make homes that are, uh, that are more energy efficient, more environmentally friendly. We now call that green building. But why has it taken so long to, uh, for the industry to sort of come together on this? Well, I think part of it has been that we've seen energy prices fluctuate over the years. And just like our driving habits, I think that our household habits have not reflected uh, you know, the best practices sometimes, and so we tend to get a little bit careless with energy resources, but I think we're seeing more concentration in areas like um, the water resource and on in indoor environment quality. So there's um, a lot more touch points now than there were maybe 30 or 40 years ago. Now, if you're dealing with building a home from scratch or even doing a remodel, what are some of these green trends that we're seeing in new builds and in new constructions? Well, I think that they uh, go hand-in-hand, hand, really. It's interesting when we talk about the things that people concentrate on most. Um, we talked about energy, of course, and what we see is that people are putting a lot of emphasis on what's called the building envelope, that is the shell, the, the structure of the building, the, the insulation, um, the windows, the glazing package, as we refer to it, all of the things that have an effect on how well that uh, building performs in terms of energy for heating and cooling. But we also see a large emphasis now on um, the content of materials in the indoor environment because people spend so much of their waking lives and, in fact, the 24-hour clock indoors. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of concerns nowadays about the proliferation of particularly ailments in children, um, respiratory ailments such as asthma and so forth. And many of those are attributed to some of the chemicals and things that we find in traditional products. We're talking to Ron Jones. He is with Green Builder Media, an expert really in the green building process. So, Ron, if we're looking at these products and you say there's more and more of them coming out, how do we know if a product claims to be truly green, there's truly safe for, for us and for the environment? Is there any type of a certification process that would tell a consumer that a product really was truly safe? Well, I think that we see more and more um, good evidence uh, related to certain certifications. I'll give you an example. Um, there is a certification called Green Guard that specifically deals with indoor air quality. And so uh, products that you might have in your home, whether they are 
components of cabinetry or in wall or wood finishes or in flooring, those kinds of things. Um, if they have a green guard seal, I would say that uh, that's a pretty good assurance that they've been well tested. And Green Guard, you know, is very thorough, very efficient. You know, it's not one of those things where, okay, now you're Green Guard certified and you're done. They retest annually, correct? That's right. And I think that it's important. You know, we sort of have uh, uh, an initiative going ourselves at Green Builder. We are looking at certification for building products and developing some criteria and the testing uh, for that exact reason, because there's just so many different components that go into the building process and the built environment in total, and we need a way to be um, always vigilant and on top of the improvements and making sure that uh, the indoor environment is healthier as well as uh, the durability of buildings and so forth. We're talking to Ron Jones. He is the editorial director for Green Builder Media. You know, Ron, when I think about green building, I think that probably one of the earliest forms of green building was simply the solar house. Why is it that we, uh, are, we are not doing a better job in this country of using solar energy? It seems so obvious, yet active solar systems are so expensive, and I don't see that many builders really constructive homes that are, are passive solar designed. You know, it's interesting. So much of it relates to the actual land planning process and the way we lay out our streets on an east-west, north-south grid. We don't necessarily take care of the proper orientations for solar gain and those kinds of issues. And so really it begins when you start planning a development or a neighborhood or when you think about a community in whole. But also you can do things within even a, a remodel of an existing structure to give yourself the appropriate sort of access to the sun when you want it and shading when you need it and think about the landscaping and that, how that comes into play. Natural ventilation that's relative to what your wind patterns are, those kinds of things can really make an improvement not only in your comfort, but in the amount of energy it takes to condition the space that you live in. Ron Jones, the Editorial Director for Green Builder Media. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. If you want more information on green building, you can go to Green Builder Media's website at thegreenbuilder.com. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and fall is a busy time of year for home improvement projects. Tom loves to tell us it's the perfect time of year. The weather is just right. But if you've got pets, you really want to make sure that you keep them safe during your next DIY adventure. And it can be very easy for Fido and Fluffy to get into all sorts of trouble. Up next, we're going to share some of the most dangerous tools and supplies for your pets and tell you how to keep them safe. If you have trouble sleeping because of stuffy air, or if your floors and furniture feel sticky, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. During milder weather, when your air conditioner isn't running, humidity levels can rise unchecked. Whether it's mold and mildew or musty smells invading your home, an April Air Central Dehumidifier will help eliminate excess moisture and get you back on your way to a comfortable, healthy home and a good night's sleep. Call your heating and cooling contractor today or visit AprilAir.com. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, 
aarp.org slash home design. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. AOL's new real estate site has the answer to any question a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's kind of spooky, almost like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Hmm. Well, I do have a question about my 60s style bungalow because there's pink paint in the back and. Mud composition. Stabilize with 3 in 1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue to match your eyes. I think I love you. AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit, And one caller to the show today is going to win a Home Light Mighty Light Blower. It's a blower vac worth 99 bucks. It's got an easy start roto choke design. It uses 20% less gas than its predecessors. And what I like about this is that the mulcher actually compacts 12 bags of leaves into one bag of mulch. That's all. Squeezes it right down. If you want to win it, you got to call us right now. We're going to give one to one caller to today's program at one eight 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 Money Pit. We will draw a name out of that Money Pit hard hat at the end of the show, and you must be willing to come on the air and ask your home improvement question to qualify. All right, and maybe your question is about the fall. What kinds of things you want to work on in the house? Why is this time of year the best time to do home improvement projects? Well, maybe some of those projects that you've been putting off are inside of your house, and when you're ready to start a new project, you really want to make sure that you keep your pets safely out of that DIY danger zone. It might even be worth it to board your cat or your dog or even have it stay with a friend because here is why. Paints and some solvents can cause anything from minor stomach upset if they ingest it, which they might because you can't watch them all the time, to chemical burns. And if your dog or cat mistakes a nail or screws for a Scooby snack, it could cause some serious damage to the intestine or even form a blockage. Even fresh cement can irritate or even even be corrosive to the skin of some animals. you got to think about your fluffy friends here. Just in case, it's a good idea to keep phone numbers for your vet and an emergency vet and the ASPCA Poison Control Center handy. Be ready to tell the vet or the hotline what type of dog or cat you have and how much it weighs, what type of poison you believe the pet may have ingested, and those folks will help you out. 888-666-3974 is the way we can help you out with your home improvement questions. Leslie, who's next? Nancy in North Carolina listens to the Money Pit on WSTP, and you've got a foundation question. What can we do for you? Oh, yes. Uh, I have a 75-year-old brick home with a full basement, and the problem is that when we have a saturating rain, the, the, the water comes through the wall in one part of the, of the basement. And I had come up with a solution, but then it occurred to me that maybe I should check and make sure if there's any reason I shouldn't do it. <laughs> 
What was your solution? Well, uh, it's, the basement is, is partially exposed. The, the windows are actually above ground. And I thought I might get some topsoil or some kind of soil uh, brought in and, and bank it away from the house. And I have a problem with ivy also. And I was thinking that if I, if I banked the soil away from the house to help facilitate drainage away from the house, but then put uh, pavers, um, cement, Stepping stones, really, only they're uh, a foot and a half long by eight inches wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and line the entire foundation with that on the angle. That would help me perhaps be able to keep the ivy under control as well as provide a, a little bit of a runoff area and maybe keep that area right next to the house drier. Does, it, does that make any sense at all? <laughs> or is there any Definitely. reason that I should not do it? It actually makes a lot of sense, Nancy. You're definitely on the right track. Generally, wet basements are caused by poor grading, so the, the, so, the slope of the soil around the house is too flat. Um, but even more commonly, it's caused by problems with the gutter system, either it being clogged, the downspouts not being extended far enough away from the basement, or perhaps the gutter system even being undersized. So that was to be the first thing that I would check, is that your gutter system is properly designed and installed, and that water is discharging four to six feet away from the foundation. Generally, at the corner areas, most gutters just turn out six inches or a foot. Maybe there's a splash block, and then the water ponds there, and it works its way back in. Now, as for that soil... A couple of things. First of all, sloping is the right idea. Topsoil is not the right material, though. Topsoil is very organic, so it holds a lot of water against the foundation. Once you pull that ivy out, you want to add clean fill dirt to build up the uh, the pitch. And that is sort of, it looks like pitcher's mound soil almost. It's sort of a, of a lighter brown color, and it packs really well. And once you get the pitch established, then you could put a little bit of topsoil on top if you wanted to grow stuff. And in your case, you don't want, so then maybe what you could do is put some mulch or some stone or pavers or whatever you want to control erosion. But don't use topsoil. Use clean, filled dirt. And before you do any of that, check the gutters first. Okay. Well, I do have new gutters, so I'm assuming that they put in the right kind. However, uh, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about if the, uh, the drainage area on the ground does not extend far enough away from the house. Yeah, never. it's never extended enough. You've got to run the downspouts out a couple of feet, then maybe put a two- or three-foot splash block out to start. And if you have a severe problem, what you want to do is pipe that downspout water underground out to the street if you can. Okay? Well, I, thank you very much. I really appreciate that, and I'm glad to know that there's no reason not to do it. <laughs> You're on the right track, Nancy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. We have smart callers here at the Money Pit. I like it. That's right. We do. So if your question is a smart one, or even if it's not, we don't judge. Call us right now, 888-666-3974. Dennis in New Hampshire's got a question about a septic system. How can we help? Hi, I've got a question about it. Um, what I have is an older house with uh, just a a tank and no leach field, and the septic seems to be draining off into a wet area of the yard, off in the corner of the yard, and draining into a brook area. Oh. Are there any programs out there to help me pay to put a regular leach field in? Geez, I don't know if there's any programs, but that's definitely a very unsanitary situation. And you're definitely going to have to get that fixed because you basically are, are polluting the waterway by doing it that way. You know, with old houses, you never know. Now, now are you sure in this case that, that, that part of the system that's doing that is for the black water, as it's known, the actual sewage waste? Or is, is it possible that you have two waste pipes coming out of the house because 
what you're describing is it sounds more like a gray water discharge where you have water that comes say from your laundry uh, area or your sump pump where it's not actually contaminated with sewage and in that case it's not that unusual to see it drain over ground uh, we do have two separate tanks but this we had it inspected and uh, they they couldn't find a leach field and showed us the area where it was coming out. Did they do a dye test where they flushed dye through the system and you saw it turn up in the brook? No. Well, that would be the next thing to do. And if it's definitely connected that way, it won't take very long for you to see that. A septic dye can be introduced at, the at say, the toilet inside the house, and you flush it and you run some water for maybe a half hour, say, through the tub or sink. And that water is going to turn green, and you'll be able to go out outside within 20 minutes and see green water in the brook if it's really doing that. Okay. Now, once you identify the problem, then you're going to have to get it fixed. If it is, in fact, leaching, you're going to have to put a septic field in. You're going to have to have it uh, engineered for your particular township. I'm afraid that I don't know of any programs that could help you pay for that, but I can definitely tell you it has to get done. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. More great home improvement advice coming up after the break. But first, maybe you've had a bad storm blow through your neck of the woods. We're going to tell you how to check your home for damage from the top down. So stay with us. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. The website is moneypit.com. Yeah, and on moneypit.com, you can go ahead and sign up to download the Money Pit podcast. It can be your daily dose of Tom and Leslie to help cure all of your home improvement headaches on the go wherever you are. And it is the number one home improvement show on iTunes. I love it. We're so high tech. Just make sure you visit moneypit.com and go to listen to get in on what everyone is downloading. And while you're there, click on Ask Tom and Leslie and shoot us an email question. We have one here from Archie in Austin, Texas. All right, and Archie writes, We had a bad storm blow through a couple of weeks ago, and many of my neighbors had roof damage. From the safety of the ground, I don't see anything out of the ordinary, but I want to be sure. Well, there are a number of ways to inspect your roof for possible leaks and trouble signs from the ground. Probably the best thing for you to do, Archie, is to grab a pair of binoculars. And these are the things that you want to look at. Um, First of all, scan the roof for any missing or broken shingles. They can be sometimes tricky to spot, especially if you have a black or dark colored roof. Um, Secondly, take a look at all of the places where there's penetrations that go through the roof, like a vent pipe or a chimney. Those are the areas, or even where different sections of the roofs intersect. Mm, Like if you've got a dormer. Yeah, or when the roof intersects with an upper wall like that. Definitely um, check those areas out as well. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you remember that any moisture damage to your roof is most likely going to be the result of inadequate weather protection from the rain and the snow and the ice. And should you find yourself needing to replace your roof or even make some repairs, be sure to tell your contractor to use upgrades from traditional weather barriers to more premium ones like Grace's TriFlex Extreme Synthetic Water Shedding Roofing Underlayment because these are synthetic materials. They're flexible. They go on easier. They're much more durable, and they sort of self-heal when you put any protrusions through them. So they're really going to do a good job of sealing up everything and making sure that when you put a nail through, water isn't going to seep in around it. 
That's at uh, graceathome.com, right? Yeah, it's a great website. website. They've got a lot of great home improvement advice yeah. for your roof. Another thing to check is the attic area, because if the roof looks good from the outside, you also want to scan the inside. And it's in many of the same areas, especially around the chimney and the vent pipes where you'll see these leaks. So I think you can do a reasonably good uh, inspection on this from the ground without getting hurt, Archie. And if you see any trouble, get on it right away, because if you let that water in, the rot will follow. All right, we've got one more here from Nash in San Diego who writes, we have a crack in our family foundation and are thinking of putting our house on the market soon. It's fairly contained and runs diagonally for about five feet. What's the best way to address it? Well, even though it's kind of disturbing to have a cracked foundation, it's actually very, very common. We see it all the time, or I should say we, I saw it all the time when I was mm-hmm. a home inspector for all those years. Um, if the crack uh, seems to have been there for a long time, it's not something that's like new news, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. What I would do is I would seal it up with a silicone or a urethane caulk. I would also take a look at the drainage conditions around that corner uh, of the home because typically what happens is if you have bad drainage right near those cracks, what will happen is the water will get under the footing. And, you know, you think about it, when you are walking across the soil and it's dry, you kind of walk on top of it. But what happens when it gets wet? Well, you sink in it. And that's the same thing that happens to a foundation. It moves more in wet soil than dry soil. So chances are, if you have some cracks, the reason you have them is because you have a drainage issue. So make sure that you're sloping soil away, that you have gutters that are clean and free-flowing to keep everything away from the house. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. We are just about out of time, but coming up next week, we're going to talk home decorating. Well, not just any type of home decorating. We're going to tackle one of the most difficult home decorating challenges out there, which is, how do I get rid of that awful wallpaper? (laughs) But you know what? Wallpaper is beautiful. So maybe you want to take it down to put up a new one, or maybe you're just not liking what was there. But don't be so against wallpaper, because it really can be a nice way to update the look of your home. We'll have the insider's stress-free secrets to taking down and putting up some really nice wallpaper and talk about why this trend is making such a huge comeback. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.